Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President for Health Science Center Faculty Development at the University of Louisville. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Faculty Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Faculty Health Professions Education. Once a week, we're going to come together to use this podcast to bring faculty development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. We're here today to talk with Liam graduates, Dr. Hugh Schoff and Dr. Rush Farmer. Hugh Schoff is an associate professor in emergency medicine. He's the associate chief medical officer at University of Louisville Hospital. And Russ Farmer is an associate professor of surgery. He's an assistant dean for clinical skills and the medical director of the Paris Simulation Center. Russ, Hugh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming today. Thanks for having us, Terry. Why don't you tell us a little bit about each of you. Tell us about yourself, how long you've been here, and sort of what you do at the university. I'm an emergency medicine physician. I've been here now 10 years, including residency and training. Spent a year away doing a fellowship. Uh, it's really specializing in quality and patient safety. Came back here, and since coming back, not only do I work in the emergency department, but I, I do uh, quality and patient safety training as the assistant dean for the medical school. And then recently, associate chief medical officer, so really working in the hospital operations, and then, of course, COVID has absorbed my life forever. So right, like me. all of us. But yeah. boy, you were at the front lines. Yep, leading a lot of that frontline effort, uh, team and testing and vaccinations and all that sort of thing uh, recently. So Great. Well, th- thanks, you for that and th- for, for all that you do. I mean, it, you're, you're right there in the, min- in the thick of it with all this pandemic that we're in now. So thanks again for, for the attention you pay to those efforts. And, and we really appreciate you taking time to be with us today. Sure. Russ? So uh, I'm Russ Farmer. I uh, started here about 15 years ago when I first began my general surgery residency. Been here all my postgraduate training and been here for the beginning and now middle of my faculty career. My primary role here at the university is uh, as a colon and rectal surgeon. I do primarily colon cancer work and um, uh, that's uh, mostly minimally invasive surgery. Two years ago now, I uh, took on a role as uh, a leader in undergraduate medical education. So uh, the day-to-day teaching and training of, of medical students in uh, the dean's office, and it's been uh, an exceptionally wonderful part of my life. And in addition to that, I also help direct Paris Simulation Center. Anytime a, a medical student sees a patient, whether they're in real life or if they're simulated, that's uh, that's my role. So thanks, Russ. That was great. Stacy. tell the audience what the Liam program is and how it got started. Liam got started, our first year was 2017. That is so hard to believe. We are getting ready to start year five. Liam is actually an 11-month program now. We meet face-to-face once a month with a group of faculty. We also have assignments, if you will, where they would do some things before the Liam session. And then we have reflection activities that would then take place after that face-to-face session. So we talk about everything from leading yourself, leading with others, and then eventually we get around to talking about leading the organization. The really, I think, important part of Liam is helping faculty think about their own career goals, their career path, what do they want to do, and how can we help them get there? When we set up Liam, we, we set it up in stages where in, in the first few months, we talk about developing us as individuals. So we talk about grit and mindset and emotional intelligence and the seven habits of highly effective people. We try to bring those kind of ideas into 
how do we lead ourselves best? Because it's hard to get anybody to follow you if you're not sort of together and leading yourself well. And then we move into leading with others where we talk about difficult conversations and we practice the actual tools that are available for difficult conversations and employee engagement. And we bring experts in. So Stacy and I are not the sole providers of this content. We bring in expertise from the College of Business, the College of Education, from outside of UofL to address some of these issues. So Hugh, you you took a chance in year one. So you were you were in the very first class of Liam, and and Liam we should we should say probably stands for Leadership and Innovation in Academic Medicine. We had sixteen people in that first year, and Hugh, you were one of them. So why did you decide to sign up? So when I came back from my fellowship, I, there was just a, there was a vacuum for somebody who ne- had training in quality and patient safety, and it was something that was being driven from the medical school side, from the hospital side of things. And I was put in this role to start leading some of that efforts. And I had never really had a good tr- background training in leadership. You know, you you read some books here and there, you you piece it together, you really try you know, how to win friends and, and people, you know, you, you, you <laughs> go back to those old books and things. So I got that, e- I got the email and it was, here's an opportunity um, being led by some leaders that I already knew were very efficient at leadership. And I, and I looked at that email and said, okay, this is, looks like something, an opportunity to help develop my skills. How am I going to be effective in, in doing this job that I need to be doing as a leader? And I, I need to have some skills to be able to do that. So Getting that email was great, and then and then doing being part of that first class. Let's be part of something innovative. Um, really, all through my life, I was the first one to get a master's at my university in the new program. I was the first one to do this and that all the way through. So, why not be the first one to try this? I'm a good guinea pig. So that, that's a great story, and certainly we when we started this, it was in part because I felt that same vacuum. But I felt that vacuum 20 years before that, where I I started on a leadership journey, and there really was nothing available locally. I had to go outside of the system to get whatever leadership exposure and training that would help me in my career. We really felt a need and a passion to develop that for for mid-career faculty who are either just emerging into leadership roles or who were aspiring to be leaders five and ten years down the path. So, Russ, you were in class two. Did you come because Hughes said it was a good idea? or Yeah, basically. I, I, saw, I saw a video of Hughes saying this was really great, and I said, well, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. But I hurt myself by doing that because as soon as he finished your course, he left my committee as oh. one of the most active members oh. to do this other thing. So, oh, I, you no. know, yeah, it was pretty painful. Well, yeah, this is what you get for making me better. In all seriousness, I, uh, I kind of fell more into the second group of people, kind of people that are aspirational and want to take on more, want to do more, didn't uh, know exactly where my career was going to take me, but knew that I was aspiring to take on a leadership role of some kind. If you could just kind of think about your Liam experience and what you took away from Liam, how you have used that information. One of the big things I remember was about how to address change and how, how to adapt. Um, and so in our organization, as everybody knows, we haven't been at a steady state I don't know. I can't remember a steady state. And yeah. if anybody in, in stats and things know or in process improvement knows, if you're not at steady state, you don't know what changes really make an effect. And one of the things about this course was great was we worked together in such an interprofessional team 
uh, amongst our own organization. Mm -hmm. And so we all learn these skills of how to adapt and how to change as things change around us. Um, and I think that's one of the big benefits of having this in-house, this LAM course in-house, is you're learning tools and tips that you can relate to somebody else around you in all different aspects. So I was a first class. So it was a lot of focus on faculty within, just faculty within the School of Medicine. Mm -hmm. right. But as this has grown, and as you guys have mentioned a lot of times, this has now grown outside of that. Absolutely. And now we're doing campus-wide work. And so as our campus changes, and I don't ever foresee us really getting into a steady state because maybe <laughs> our steady state is change all the time, which is not a bad thing. No. But it does help to know those different people and have those interactions with yeah, people. Yeah, one of the unexpected benefits that, that we have seen now four years into this is people getting to know each other, mm -hmm. not just across departments in the School of Medicine, but across schools, across the HSC campus, and now across the entire university. So we have people from arts and science and from education that have been in the past two years. And this coming year, we'll have people from the business school and from UL Health. This has just continued to expand the, the connectivity and relationships so that people are working and learning together about these leadership skills. And that, I think, provides a great benefit over sending Hugh Schof off to the AAMC to spend a week learning about leadership and then comes back and tries to implement those kinds of things. I totally agree, especially when you go off. It's, you know, a lot of people can say that they see that benefit of going and learning new mm -hmm. ideas from somebody else. Well, sure, that's wonderful. But what you've done in this course is you bring those people to us. And you help bring those ideas out from outside to us, too. So you don't need to go by yourself somewhere and then try and take on that whole big mountain of work that is bringing all that information back. We, we're already doing it together. Now we can hit the ground running right off the bat. I think one of the kind of most important parts of that is the concept of critical mass. Um, because as you have expanded the number of people that have taken this course, we really are seeing a... Um, large enough group of people that understand these concepts in and around leadership and, and innovation now that whenever I know that I there, there's something I have to, to turn to or someone I have to turn to for a specific concept or, an, a, you, know, I, you know, hey, I know that, um, uh, for example, recently I need to do some educational improvement uh, specifically about quality and in order to improve um, that particular part of student performance on the step two CK exam. I know that I can pick up the phone and I call Hugh and say like, hey, I don't know anything about quality. I know about curricular development. Can you help me um, <laughs> learn about quality so that I can develop the curriculum around it um, and, and vice versa. So, uh, I mean, I will also make the other point that um, some of the best friends I have in the medical center and the people that I continually run across again and again and again um, as I, you know, serve on committees and um, make contributions, um, the same people tend to crop up and uh, increasingly more and more the people that are cropping up are uh, my fellow Liamites and, 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 and um, devout uh, followers of, the, uh, of this particular area of study. Yeah, it's continued to grow, Russ. And so we now have 100 graduates uh, in the first four years. That was our target for five years. We achieved that in four years. And we have nearly 50 people who will join us. And with that group, when they graduate, we'll have 150 people that will have completed the leadership program. You begin to approach a tipping point where there's enough around that they start running into each other frequently enough that they, they can do this, pick up the phone or text an email and call somebody and get an answer to something. Or they serve on a committee and two of the eight members are Liam graduates and say, so, well, let, let's approach this by design thinking approach. What if we did it that way? And, and I think that starts to build the, the power of this so that 
I think Liam's um, impact is still yet in the future. Uh, I, I think it, we've been able to get some things uh, across and move them, move some people forward. But I really think ultimately its power is going to be its connectivity across the whole campus as people recognize each other and have those skill sets that can move it along. You both made the point that leadership is not a title, but it's an activity. Mm -hmm. And so you, we know people who have titles who are not effective leaders, and we know people who have no title who are effective leaders. And it's all about influence mm -hmm. and your ability to influence others toward a common goal. And, and so we purposely try to set those skills up so that that's what you take from it. So, Hugh, what specific things did you take out that, that you use now? I don't think you can really lead other people without understanding how your perception is and your style and what you feel. Because that might not work for everybody. And that was the big thing. You know, you have to adapt to those leadership roles and understanding yourself. And the other big one is cultural change and that, that impetus of how to get people to change, to follow because that's one thing that I struggle with a lot is, is how do you positively get change out of people all the way up until you have to do a stick and then you don't want to get there either. So what that was, I remember that session very vividly of just really digging deep into change. John Maxwell, he said, the single biggest way to impact an organization is to focus on leadership development. So Hugh, what do you think about that quote? What I hope people recognize is you don't have to be a leader by name or by title. And so if you focus on leadership development in an organization, you're not only creating people to lead an organization, but you're creating leaders within their own realm. Um, and, and making more effective people in that area makes them more productive, successful, happy especially what we're trying to do here with our health system and grow it. Yeah, it's a, it's a critical role for the leader, right? To be able to yeah, see where, exactly. where does the organization need to go and how do I get people to pivot that way right. and what does it take? And, and we've now expanded. So since you guys went through, Liam, we've, we've brought in a book called Switch that, that brings yet another viewpoint and frame of reference for how to approach that. So if you're interested in culture change, I'd recommend that you consider the book Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. Mm -hmm. uh, very well written easy to remember, nice step-by-step -step approach to how to approach culture change, in addition to the techniques we taught in year one and two that Dr. Ryan Quinn brought to us from the College of Business. Yeah, just be careful with that book. You'll start seeing everything as elephants and riders, and you won't ever be able to <laughs> go back through the looking glass. Mm -hmm. I think one of the other kind of key things that I took away from, from this was in terms of the design thinking aspect, um, the concept of trying to really live in the problem for a long period of time and understand the problem before you kind of jump off and try to fix it. And I can't count the number of times that I have been in a situation where um, I have to look at other members of a leadership team and, and um, everyone wants to, is, is so eager to solve the problem, almost invariably we get several steps down the road and we're solving a problem that was different than the one we started with. The things we talk about are very generic. They're people things. They're not academic medicine things. Many times we use academic medicine examples of a difficult conversation. But a difficult conversation with your 16-year-old is probably a lot of a difficult conversation with your division chief. Mm -hmm. It's the same basic pathology and the same preparation and the same toolkit <laughs> that you can use. So one of the things I wanted to pick up on, Russ, was the, the, the innovation part and design thinking, because the eye of Liam is for innovation. And we, from the beginning, purposely built that in as a thread to go through the whole course. Um, 
And design thinking is a very user-focused approach to thinking about how to solve a problem. So as you said, live in that problem and, and experience it. You want, if you're going to design a walker for people who need a walker, then you ought to talk to people who use walkers, mm -hmm. not an engineer. Go talk to the people who actually use it day in and day out and find out what works, what doesn't work, and then rethink maybe how you can innovate and make it even better. When we think about innovation in the academic medical center, many times innovation is not part of it. it it's bureaucratic. It's stuck. Mm -hmm. It's sort of this is how we've, all, we've always done this. And that's why we thought innovation was such an important skill to expose participants in Liam to so that they could begin to take design thinking into wherever it applies, maybe at home. If nothing else, having a specific period of time to focus in, on your own personal and professional development, um, while that may seem like um, it's a little bit indulgent, it's absolutely necessary for um, your own personal wellness and your career. Um, I personally made a ton of new friends that uh, I did not know or maybe didn't know as well uh, before the Liam course. And I think that one of the things that benefited me the most is um, it gave me a foundation by which every time I feel as if I am kind of lost or uh, adrift in my professional responsibilities, I can kind of go back to the mattresses and, and, and look and say, well, this, is a, this is not maybe the way, but a really good way I know to approach where I'm at. As we wrap this up, I, I want to thank both of you, Hugh and Russ, for coming to spend some time with us today and, and sharing your thoughts about, about leadership training and what it's meant to you personally. Uh, we really appreciate you. Um, there are now nearly 100 people like you that have come through. So if there's anybody out there that um, is thinking about this, contact these guys. They're readily available. But also, there's likely to be someone in your department um, or in your school at the College of Dentistry or School of Nursing or in Public Health that's already been through this. And just talk to them about their experience and get a feel for whether it makes sense for you. And for some people, it makes sense this year and not next year. And for some people, it's not this year because I just had twins. And it becomes, <laughs> yeah. well, five years from now, maybe I'll do it. And so um, we just want to make sure everyone knows about it, understands what it is, and, and what impact it can have. And, and these two gentlemen that are with us today are just shining examples of, of they came in really good. Hopefully, we gave them some tools to make them even better. And applications come out in March, so keep a look for that in your email. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to call and contact us in the Office of Faculty Development here on the HSC campus. If you want to up your game as a professional educator or to enhance your leadership skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be as together we strive to make UofL a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to invest. Join us next time for more and come hungry. <laughs>